I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of purepleasureshop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Sexy phone sex. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? Sexy. Yeah. Phone sex operators here once again, because I'm pretty sure we already had lost our voices a little bit when we did the intro of last week's Yeah, episode. I just listened to the episode. Yeah. You sounded raspy. you sounded more raspy than I did. Yeah. But I think you do more blah, blah, blah. I do a you lot of blah, blah, blah. So much blah, blah, blah. I preserve sometimes. I'm like, oh, remember? I used to be really bad. With all the blah, blah, blah? With all the, the blah, blah, blah and all yeah. the hoarse sounding voice. Yeah. It's a thing over here. But guess what? The show must go on. So here we are. And this episode was killer. Awesome. Yes. She's Demona Hoffman, repeat guest. Uh, I don't know the episode number uh, that she was on, but it was definitely about dating, online dating um, and in-person dating, I believe, too. I mean, she is a dating coach, specialist, extraordinary. Especially to celebrities. Uh-huh. And you'll hear her, hear her bio shortly. However, it's impressive. And this isn't just about dating, too. It's also rewriting the myths around love, right? So you might already be in a relationship and you'll find some things that will apply to you. Uh, and we are all about living your best life your way in a consensual way. And that's what she is all about. But her perspective is much more focused on dating and love. And, you know, we're more about sex over here. I do want to say that even if you're in a relationship, don't tune out. Yeah. Because there are things that we discuss in the show that apply to LTRs, mm-hmm. that apply to people that are, I think, even if you're casually dating or you're single right now and not looking to date or you are a person that is curious about wanting to know more information so you can help a friend. Yeah. I love those yeah. people. Yep. So stay tuned for a very fun episode with Demona Hoffman. Uh, okay, everyone, you have heard us talk on the show many times about our shameless sex retreats. And we have another one coming up in Tulum, Mexico, April 24th through 29th. And we are already having people sign up and spots are limited. So come and join us for the vacation of your life and this is for women identified folks so for women yeah. vulva owning folks it is I always forget to say that and then I, I'm like oh sorry, sorry. friend with the penis we'll have one someday, soon someday this is only our second retreat y'all April 24th through the 29th it's not spring break it shouldn't interfere with school schedules if you're a parent because I looked and some of my parental friends asked me and we'll have us another sex educator on board there we'll have Paige the phenomenal executive assistant doing what she does best which is videoing things and it's in paradise it's in paradise so it's workshops it's educational it's playful it's informative it's relaxing it's a vacation it's all inclusive it's luxurious this is a way to go and pamper yourself and make new friends a community and leave feeling more sexy more alive and like all of it yes all the things you got all the things so go to I'll help you Amy because I feel bad for your voice you're like go to I can just blow it out All right, there you go (laughs) blow it out already did so yeah shamelesssex.com go and learn more there's a video there to, to learn more and we hope to see you there there's a video and there's all the info because it takes you to the we travel site which gives yeah. you all the deeds that you need the last thing that we want to say before going into the sex question is people do ask us quite regularly how can i support shameless sex i bought your book i listened to the episodes i just love you all you've changed my life and this isn't just one or two 
or three times. And we're always like, I don't know. Uh, thank you for your support. So finally, we decided to we have a lot of different things that we want gear wise for upping our podcast game. We always want to improve the sound and the quality of our show. So we started an Amazon wish list. It has like different lighting things, almost like our registry. If we were getting married. Oh, we're getting married. Yeah. To each other like and that. a podcast. <laughs> kind of like that. It's a poly marriage. Uh, so <laughs> you can check that out. There is a link or you can search on Amazon for shameless sex. I think that you can search for it. If you just search like the link will be in the show notes and then check the out the show thing. notes. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't come up, then email us so we can, fix that because yeah. I feel like sometimes I click the links and I'm like wait didn't work yeah. but there's things that are $20 or things that are I mean my birthday is coming up at the end of February also. so and we don't ask for a lot we just ask you can to can I put a new voice box on there for my throat sure that'd be cool that, you want a voice <laughs> transplant yeah. although then you wouldn't sound the same I know it's you need true. Amy's voice so yeah. uh, if you ever want to I do that with people all the time mm-hmm. I will send them if there's a Patreon yeah. which we don't have um, or it's not active or if my friend's are struggling because of a divorce yeah. or they're like, oh, I really need this thing. I will totally like start an Amazon wish list. I'll help you out yeah. um, when I can. But podcasting, we love it. It sometimes isn't as lucrative as you would think. Well, when you want to go spend a lot of money on, on new fancy gear too, there's that. Right. And that's why we need our advertisers. Yep. So and we love them. Advertisers. We love them dearly. Ready for a sex question? I am. I didn't even look at it. Ooh. I'm a 34-year-old male and I've been married for over a decade. I've enjoyed masturbating while dressing in women's lingerie since I was a teenager, but I have a lot of shame about hiding this from my wife. I know her feelings about men who do this and fear her leaving me. Also, even though I've never had sex with other men, I have urges to be anally penetrated while being feminine. Sometimes I even consider finding a man on an app for a one night stand. I'm confused about my sexuality. Maybe I'm bi. When I masturbate, I often suck on realistic dildos and imagine having sex with my wife's brother. And I've enjoyed watching gay and trans porn. Am I abnormal or weird? First of, of all, no, you're not, no, abnormal. You're you're not, not weird. abnormal or weird. And I feel like the only reason that you probably don't feel like you could explore this more deeply is because of the conditioning that has most of us have grown up with or been exposed to because of shame. Which is like, um, everyone should be heterosexual. Yeah. You should get married and not desire and anyone you, else ever. Yeah. And all these things that are just very set in stone and, and just not applicable to so many people. I will say that I know that we have a uh, few suggestions that Amy's going to bring up and I have some, but our book would be helpful for you to read and buy if you haven't done so. Check it out. Shameless Sex is the book and it really does sort of navigate some of these challenging things that can come up in your life and especially your on your sexual journey as a human. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done so, and this wasn't even a cue for the book, but we have addressed similar things mm-hmm. from other listeners that have written us in the past. Yeah. So I think the the shame, we were talking about the general idea of why shame is here, which is like, you know, society. Um, and so the society as a whole. But also imagine if you were with a partner or your wife, who, uh, with someone who was like, oh yeah, no, that you, you can totally, I'm totally support you wearing women's lingerie while you masturbate or, or even while we're being intimate or, you know, you don't have to hide that from me. Or maybe your partner's just like, I, you, you know, I support you doing that. I just don't really want to see it or something like that. You know, I, I don't, maybe I don't want to be a part of it, but I support you living this for yourself. You probably wouldn't feel shame. Because all of a sudden you are being accepted as you are, whether they want to participate or not. But it sounds like you you said you know her feelings about men who do this and you fear her leaving you. So 
my guess is that you've heard her make some comments about, so she doesn't know that you do this, but you've heard her make some comments about other men who do this, whether it's them wearing women's lingerie, watching gay porn, fantasizing about penis owning folks, um, or, or being bisexual, all those pieces there too. And so I'm normally would say have a deeper conversation with your partner to share, you know, here's my desires, here's who I am. And I don't know, I guess as you haven't done that yet though. And yeah. Says that, that I don't believe that he has, he identifies as a male. Uh, it says because of fear of her leaving him. But I don't know if you, so you know her feelings. Does that, because you actually said some things to her or is it because you know her feelings just based on what you've heard her say about other men? I'm not sure. And it's always a risk to out ourselves to our partners with something that we might be rejected for uh, no matter how long you've been with them. But what's a greater risk is if this is a, a very deep intrinsic part of you, which it sounds like it is, it's been here for a long time. It seems really fulfilling. doesn't seem like it's just this like I drop into this on the occasion experience. If you disregard that part of yourself, you'll continue to feel challenged inside like emptiness. And and also I cut out this word because we had to cut out various pieces, but they did say they're feeling some depression around this too. Mm-hmm. And so, so on one side, it's do I risk outing this thing that feels like a big part of me? Do I risk the relationship or do I risk losing myself even more by not sharing this with my partner or not exploring this? This could be a foundational key Peace and like as Amy said, an intrinsic part of your being, which means that you may want to explore that. And if you don't have a safe feeling to approach your partner about how you are fantasizing right now and even what you're questioning, you're like, Am I bi? Am I abnormal or weird? Those pieces we're here to tell you it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, and you don't have to even know that per se. And you're not abnormal and you're not weird. And it's quite natural to have different fantasies Mm -hmm. and to think about different things. And sometimes you may even get to a point where you act these out. You may find yourself not wanting to be fully immersed in the world of of, like it's more fantasy world as opposed to like, but you won't know until, yeah, which hopefully you can get to a, a place at some point where there's enough safety to share this part of yourself with your mm-hmm. partner because that will lead to even I think deeper depression and totally yeah and then so the urges to be anally penetrated while being feminine you know you can do this with people even who do people who don't have penises right you can be in a feminine role or wearing lingerie and have someone with a pussy wearing a strap on and a cock and penetrating you anally so that in itself to, to me isn't like oh you must be bi you must be gay or something along those lines and I'm not hearing gay when you're asking about being bi but the parts that you're saying about and there's nothing wrong with any of that the, the wanting to be penetrated anally orientation is about the people that you're sexually attracted to and you get to decide what that orientation is whether you have a title that you want or not but the desire to actually maybe go have sex with a man via an app so someone with a penis um, or masturbating while you're sucking on dildos then itself might not even speak to an orientation thing but you know what being really attracted to watching gay porn although I I like gay porn but I just like all the masculinity in there and I like anal sex but you know masturbating to your wife's brother like maybe there is deep attraction inside of you or some attraction to men to penis owners and you have yet to explore that but like April said nothing abnormal or weird but so what is the next level of how do you actually assess is this fantasy or is this what I want to happen in reality I mean one would be 
to talk to your wife about this um, or to go have other experiences. And, and we are not like everywhere. You should go to go cheat, you know, go have an affair. But what does Dan Savage say? Sometimes cheating is the least wor- least worst option yeah, or something. Yes. Least something, harmful. Something least, like that. Yeah. I think he says something about the least worst option. And sometimes it's like, that's the only option for some people. And they don't, they, they could be, this, this is 10 years of marriage or over 10 years of marriage. And if there's a huge risk, that is a problem. And they've been dating since they were teenagers before they were. Yeah. So what, and so what if this person told their wife, Hey, here's all of me. Your wife is like, Nope, don't want to be with you. Done with you. And then, then he actually went and had a sexual experience with the man. He's like, Oh, Nope. It was just fantasy. I don't even want this in reality. And now that my relationship's over and you know, to me, I'd be like, well, maybe that relationship still was, it wasn't the most aligned because Obviously, you're more wildly adventurous because in in a, in a beautiful way because you have fantasies or desires outside of the normal engine air quotes box, and it sounds like your partner does not or is not supportive of that. But yeah, only you can kind of decide well, the next step. Yeah, <laughs> well, one. you can also remember we're in this year of 2024, and digital sex mm-hmm. is cam sex uh, happy, happening yeah. quite often. So if that's something, you could pay a cam model that is you know a penis owner, and you could dress in whatever attire you'd like to dress in and you could get another dildo and there are ways that you could put uh, a anal safe dildo in your butt if and that's what you, you want and like then, it's theirs yeah, yeah. And, and also th- there are toys that connect to each other that you can actually feel like the toy is moving with the penis so mm-hmm. check out there's a lot of different avenues you could pay a sex worker you mm-hmm. could you don't just have to go out there and throw your hands up and be like hey anyone out there there are, <laughs> there are different ways to explore without going full-on yeah. into um human to human contact if that seems yeah. scary right now so and for other references april already mentioned our book but this is going to lead into a little a teaser trailer there is a fabulous podcast and and she also has a TikTok channel, uh, Sex Ed with DB. We just met her. She's been on our show before. We just met her in person at the last trade show for the first time. She's fucking awesome. And her, while her show is very just sex positive in general, like ours, she features a lot of LGBTQ plus topics and guests. And then I feel like she might have some really great answers to this these types of questions. Yeah. Um, we've been on her show too. Yeah, we've been on her show. She's yeah. been on ours. So yeah. without further ado, we're going to give you a little trailer. And if you want to listen to our podcast, the link will be in the show notes. Okay, ready? Here we go. Take a second and think back to the sex education you had in school. Did it prepare you to have a healthy and happy relationship with sex and identity? If it was anything like mine, it was stigmatizing, judgmental, and totally unhelpful. But not to worry. The experts are here to offer the sex ed we wish we had. Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. We're a feminist podcast and multimedia platform bringing you all the sex ed you never got through unique and entertaining storytelling, centering LGBTQ and BIPOC experts. We cover an array of sex education topics like abortion, period management, sex and disability, pleasure, reproductive justice, healthy relationships, BDSM, birth control, sex in the media, and so much more. We believe that everyone deserves comprehensive, inclusive, pleasure-centered, medically accurate sex education. Follow along with us as we revolutionize the way we talk about sex and tune into Sex Ed with DB wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I'd scream and yell, but it's a terrible idea. I'd scream and yell about how good it is. Never yell into a microphone. <laughs> no, people do that, that, I'm like, oh, that right. would hurt too. Let's not do it. DB's the best. Danielle Bezalel. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, go, go check out her podcast, her, her TikTok channel. Even for things outside of LGBTQ+, she is just entertaining. She's informative. She's awesome. All right. You ready for a bio? Yes, please. 
All right. Demona Hoffman is a celebrity dating coach, host of the award-winning podcast Dates and Mates, and the official love expert of the Drew Barrymore Show. She has written dating columns for the LA Times and the Washington Post, and worked as a dating expert and spokesperson for top dating apps, including OkCupid, Match, and Bumble. In her latest book, F the fairy tale, Demona dismantles the dating habits and beliefs that have been leading us astray while empowering readers to shatter these limiting myths and seize control of their own love narratives. To learn more, go to DemonaHoffman.com. All right, everyone is interview time and I'm just going to give you all a reminder because I think we're doing the intro for this right after this and as if you already heard us, but now you're hearing us, it's very confusing. I lost my voice at the trade show that April and I were just at actually two back-to-back trade shows. So I apologize in advance. April's is a little bit better than mine, but if we sound like a little phone sex operator or maybe you're into that or like we smoked too many cigarettes, which was not the case, uh, we just talk too much and talk a lot for a living. So here we are. And so I might be squeaking like a 13-year-old going through puberty. We are here today with repeat guest, Demona Hoffman. Demona is a dating and relationship expert, and she just wrote another awesome book called F the Fairy Tale, Rewrite the Dating Myths and Live Your Own Love Story. Love that title. Love it. Such a great title. Yes. and fairy tale. Yeah. So we're super stoked to have Demona here back on Shameless Sex. If you've already heard Demona on Shameless Sex, then this might be a little bit of a repeat piece uh, because we always ask or start with the same prompt. Demona, can you please tell us and our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of dating and relationships? Yes. Well, I originally started out actually as a casting director in television. And I used to teach classes for actors and how to market themselves and how to have headshots that would stand out to someone like me, how how to stand out in a crowd. And I was online dating at the time. And I realized the similarity between what I would tell actors about headshots and what I had to do with my own dating profile photo to stand out from the crowd. So I met my husband online quite a while ago, actually. We can talk about that more in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I met my husband online and people were like, well, I tried online dating. It didn't work. Or isn't that for weirdos? <laughs> or like, can you look at my profile? And I originally just started out as like the profile whisperer. I didn't, I had my whole other career in television. I didn't tell anybody that this is what I was doing. It was all word of mouth, but it snowballed. I really had, I realized I had a knack for helping people present themselves online in a way that attracted what they were actually looking for. Yeah, that's actually quite difficult to do when people know how to do it. It's amazing because it's night and day sometimes. They just don't know what to say about themselves. So that's a gift and a, an amazing skill. Well, and the photos is what oh, I, the I, photos. I, I'm recalling you on yes. our podcast talking about like you like some things you want to show, like humor, confidence, things like that. But then the photos like I mean, because I'm I'm actually still on dating apps at this point. I'm in, in a non, non-monogamous relationship. And I'll see like some dude's photo, his first profile picture is like sunglasses, shirt off, drinking a beer with a bros. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like, I'm not. It's not landing. <laughs> I don't even have patience. No, so like, like look the at the rest of your profile. Pick, yeah. Take the fish, fish pics and put them away. The hunting pics. I don't want to see them. The dick pics. <laughs> Not yet, honey. Dirty bathroom pics where you're in your dirty bathroom and there's uh, garbage all over. Your bed's not made. Or like you took this photo in your cubicle, but from like your desk up, like at your no. face. Angles oh. are everything. Angles, cropping. Like, and these are the kind of things I would tell actors. They really make a difference. And I found that that people just don't really know. Or they're only thinking 
of how they're presenting themselves from their perspective. Like, oh, well, I like this picture. This looks nice. This is an accurate representation of who I am. Instead of thinking from the person they are trying to attract, how are they going to perceive your photos? That's what's important. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I love a good photo. And everyone out there that's in the dating world, you know what? This book will probably help you not only decipher the the myths, but uh, to start making your own life story, love story. So the title of your book, which we already said, but I want to say it again, F the fairy tale, rewrite the dating myths and live your own love story. So this feels, it feels similar to shameless sex because we talk about choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people can go back and they can, they can rewrite their own sex and relationship story. So I would love to hear what inspired you to write this book. Well, as a dating coach, I've been in the trenches for a long time. I've been coaching now about 17 years. And I was seeing, particularly during the pandemic and sort of coming out of the pandemic, if we ever came out of the pandemic, I was seeing that there was a lot of frustration around dating. And I really believe that who you choose to partner with, that's the most important decision you will ever make. It affects every other area of your life. And yet, It's something that not only was being left to chance, like, I'll just throw up a profile or like if I meet them randomly out and about, like, that'll be fine. But it's something that people were really craving connection, but still very frustrated by the way that connection was happening. And I do feel like dating apps have taken the brunt of a lot of our frustration, but I actually think that is misplaced. I feel like there are other factors that have changed dramatically since the time I began coaching 17 years ago. And I felt like I needed to write a new rule book that captured where we were and gave people a hopeful roadmap to be able to move forward with whatever relationship dream that they have. So with what you just said, and this wasn't even my next question, but I'm so curious about what you just said. Like, what what have you seen? What is What are the key pieces that have shifted from 17 years ago and to now? Like, What, what really stands out to you? Well, the biggest thing is communication. Mm. All of mm. our communication prior to the date now essentially is digital. We have not really learned how to communicate digitally. Our brains have evolved to communicate in person and to take in body language, tone of voice, you know, just the pheromones and like being in proximity to someone. And there's a whole other sort of language that has developed digitally that many people are not comfortable with or don't really understand what they're saying. And it's really driving a wedge between people's goals and aspirations for dating and relationships and how they're actually going about finding those connections. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely live in the, it's a lot easier for me to text you because I feel safer to hide behind my phone or my computer or whatever I'm on. I than actually to, text where it's like, like, Hey, how are you? I'm like, do you really want to know? I'm like, do you really care? <laughs> are you just sending out a hi, how are you text? Anyway, we can get into that later. They are. I'm, I'm, cutting yeah. anything, I'm but, grateful for texting right now because the voice is not so good. But I like, I've seen some dating apps now that are involving, I know it's not exactly what this episode's about, but you can send like, have a little voice thing there, which I feel like, uh, I think Hinge does that. So you can actually hear, to me, I'm like, oh, I can hear your energy. Because we'll make up these elaborate stories about what they sound like, you know, like the tone of their voice, their accent. And then you meet them like, that's not what I thought you sound like. So, but that's not even, that's just, one level of communication. That's not even the connection part of communication. So I don't know if you have something to say about that one too. I'm a big fan of the voice, everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I was talking about 
this on my podcast, Dates and Mates, when Hinge first released the voice prompts. And I was like, this is going to change everything. Because I have said to my clients for the longest time, you need a screening step in between matching online and meeting in person. This is why ghosting is just so rampant right now. This is why catfishing is so rampant. Because we were we got caught up in the speed. That's the other thing, Amy, that has shifted so much mm. since I started doing this work. The speed of dating. Mm. It's unsustainable. The volume, the number of people that that we're in conversation with, and that's partially related to the digital communication because you can have 10 open threads. You couldn't talk to 10 people in a night, you know, 20 years ago. Now you're, you're in active conversation with 10, maybe 20 people at the same time. Our brains aren't wired for that. And mm -hmm. it's confusing and it's overwhelming and it's frustrating. And so I love the voice prompts because it does separate you and make you like a real person on the phone. I will admit because I'm bullish on dates and mates on like new technology. And I'm always like, yeah, this is going to change it. It hasn't really changed it yet, yet, but I'm holding out. And like, I love also using on Instagram. Instagram is, is a dating app. I just did an mm -hmm. episode on LinkedIn is a dating app. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I know we didn't intend for it to be, but any of these places where you're communicating you can, that can become a space for dating. And so I love the voice prompts. I don't think people have really, really understand how to use them properly, but I'm, I'm still holding out hope that they are going to revolutionize dating. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. I mean, I'm with my current partner because of Facebook. He slid into my not DMs, but the messenger. So there you go. Hey, you it go. works for me. <laughs> um, okay. So coming back to more with the, uh, related to your, your current book, because I you know and we could talk about online dating for, for days. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious about this in April and I have our own opinions about the happily ever after or finding the one. Where did these concepts even come from? And are they even obtainable? For Walt Disney. Oh, oh I it was probably. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Demona. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But let me tell me. Yeah. Yeah. April is right. It's fairy tales. <laughs> it's rom-coms. It's, it's stories that have been passed down from generation to generation. It's the patriarchy. It's everything oh, that we yeah. have just taken in and accepted as fact. And I was really excited to talk to you two because I know that you're big on helping people design the life that they want. And that's really what I'm trying to do with this book. But I identified the four biggest myths that most people come to me for help with when people are like, oh, dating is not working for me. I really look at where in, I call it your dating funnel, like where in your dating funnel are you stuck? And it may be one place and it may be multiple places, but I broke it down into the myth or the the broken belief that sort of governs each phase of the dating process. Mindset before you even begin dating, like what is your dating or relationship goal before you even get started? And many people are not even starting with that, which is <laughs> problem number one. Then we go into the search. How are you finding the people to connect with? Then we go into the date and then we go into the future. And I hate to make it that simple. But it really is that simple. Just to break it down to th this has been done before many times throughout history. And we need to examine each phase of this process and say, what is a holdover from a prior generation or a prior story? And it could even just be a story from our own life and our own our own dating and relationship history. And what has the opportunity to be rewritten? I love that. I love that. 
I always felt like kind of this cynical, I'll just call myself a cynical bitch because I was like, happily ever after is bullshit. You know, and that was not great going into relationships because some dudes are like, really, you don't believe that there is one person for everyone else? No, I don't. Scientifically, that's impossible. (laughs) And it's not about, oh, I'm going to find someone better. But alignment is everything with dating. And sometimes there's just a misalignment. You could align with someone at this specific time and place and space in your life. And then things change, right? People change and evolve and you can design. And there could be many. Have you ever, I love those stories where they met in high school, they had kids, families, and then they meet in their fifties and they're back in love like they were when they met in high school. I'm like, that is so precious. It's alignment and timing. And people believe in happily ever after, like that's great. And that's a manifestation for you. And you don't have to listen to my cynical ass, but. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm actually, people think that this book is a cynical book because the title's F the fairy tale, (laughs) but really the catch is in the subtitle, rewrite the dating myths and live your own love story. I actually see it as a very hopeful book, but I too do not believe in soulmates. That's one of the, the four myths, the soulmate myth. I don't believe in love at first sight. I'm sort of flabbergasted at the number of people that do believe in it. Like, I used a lot of OkCupid data in this book, and there was a matching question on OkCupid. Is a soulmate worth waiting for? 90% of people said yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, oh. what are we waiting for? <laughs> it's not It's not a waiting game. It's not looking for a needle in a haystack on a planet of 8 billion people. There is no the one. You have to choose. You choose the one, You ch- and you choose it every day. So you can have a happily ever after, but... That is a choice that you have to make every single day. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors. Please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in. And it helps keep this podcast free to you. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> yeah, I look at all the dating reality shows right now, right? And there's so many 
trials and errors with uh, what people are doing. Okay, wait, Demona, and this is off trail, but I just want to ask you, last night for the first time, so I was recommended to watch this British dating show called She Knows What It Is. Naked Attraction. It's (laughs) And where people, so people come in and then they just see like half of their, and all, all sexual orientations, all genders. Right. And then they look at their, their genitals and it's not, it's, it's a little awkward at first. And then they kind of eliminate one person. They're like purple has to go or orange has to go because they're in these colored boxes. And then they see up to their necks and then they eliminate, they're like, well, that guy's nipples are too small for them. Right. And then they're, and then they throw in bits of science. And so far, I mean, I've only, I'm only a couple episodes in, uh, they will follow up with the couples because of this awkward thing. And then the person choosing has to be naked and then they can hear them talk. They see their face. Anyway, if no one's watched out there. It is entertaining and also really insightful because it's only based on physical attraction alone, right? It's only based on what they, they see. They know nothing about the person until they go on a date with them after this whole thing. And it was mind blowing to me because it's so opposite of the other dating shows where it's like love is blind, where they, they only get the, in love with their personalities. They don't know what they look like and the various things. And for me, I, I was intrigued by it. It also is terrifying because if you just have to stand there naked, have you seen that show, Demona? I have seen it. Okay. I, I was just like, Never in the U.S. with this show. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I was like, oh, they're just really going to show all that. Okay. Yeah. But it was also interesting, April, because they don't show the whole body at once. Mm-hmm. So they're just showing a part, too. And you're like, ah, uh, yeah, his balls are kind of saggy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this guy looks too young. That his matters balls aren't saggy so enough. much. To yeah. me and like my partnerships, like, oh, if your balls are too saggy, this isn't going to work. Right. Well, that, but people do think about dating <laughs> apps. Kidding. So people are like, oh, that person's yeah. nose doesn't look like I want it to look or their hairs. Like, it's, I mean, where did the whole the whole person go? Right. Like, right. The whole, everything from like, yeah, I mean, I, it's still here, but not in those kind of shows. Well, I just want to address there's something you said that was really profound because a lot of people say to me, well, I hate online dating because it's so physical. It's just about the physical attraction. And if people don't like your pictures and they won't swipe and they won't talk to you and you won't go out. And I'm like, wait, when was dating not about physical attraction? Good point. Mm-hmm. Other than love is blind. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, hasn't it always been? I'm like, wait, okay, let's go back to the olden times <laughs> 20 years ago when you met people in bars. I saw a study recently that said 40% of people still meet in bars. And I was like, that's that's crap. That's that cannot. That you can cannot say bullshit on here. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I do like na- I do like mainstream TV. Yeah, <laughs> daytime talk shows. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm always censoring myself. But yeah, that is utter bullshit. Like, I, there's no way. I think online meetings and like Amy, you were just saying meeting. I include meeting on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, if that's what you're into. Mm -hmm. I consider all that part of online dating. There's no way that that is less popular than meeting in bars today. I think people just, I think there's still a little bit of shame. Mm -hmm. Uh, No pun intended. Uh, There's a little bit of shame around meeting online still. Yeah, there. I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm... I'm not, I'm lesser than or not good enough or now everyone will see that I'm single or desperate. And I'm like, I just find it fun and exhausting at times. So however y'all want to do it. So I want to come back to the myth part because you named one myth. What are the other three? Okay, let's start at the beginning. So the first myth, this this is the myth that's around the mindset. This is the list myth. 
This is either everything that you put on your list that you think is unique to you that I have read on thousands of other people's lists as well. Like, must be this tall, must have a good sense of humor, must be from a good family, must, you know, like, (laughs) make this much money, go to this school, whatever. Um, Those lists a lot of times are remnants of past stories. So I like to get underneath the list. And I'm not saying don't have any criteria to date. That was actually the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm just saying, be really mindful about what you're putting on the list. And a lot of people also come to me with no list at all. I say, what are you looking for? They're like, well, I don't know. I'll know it when I see it. I'm like, that's the, I think that's a bigger killer than the list, in my opinion, where you're like, anybody, everything. You're like, no, you got to, like, right, this guy? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not him. No. Well, and then those people will tell me, uh, there are no guys I like online. Like, no. Somebody said to me on Instagram, there's no hot guys on Tinder. I was like, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. number one dating app, there's not, there's no hot, no? Okay. But that's why it's so important in that mindset phase because when we make a statement like that and we repeat it in our mind again and again and again, that's what we see. That becomes our reality. So we got to tackle that first. And then we move into, as we're searching and 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 looking for, well, who's who's going to clear the bar? Who am I going to give the precious gift of my time to? Then we need to start looking at the way we're going about qualifying dates, finding dates. And that's when the rules myth comes in. And everybody, like you were saying, it's exhausting, right, Amy? It's exhausting. Yes. But it is important because everyone wants a shortcut. Everybody's like, what's the hack? Like, just tell me, tell me the top three things to look for. Tell me the top three questions to ask. Tell me, tell me the best dating app. And the thing is, there is no shortcut really to human connection. We haven't figured it out yet. AI is definitely working on it, (laughs) but, but you kind of have to go through it. And then when you get through the search part, that's when you get to the date. And that's where I want to get your take on this one. That's where the chemistry myth Mm. comes up. I got to feel butterflies and sparks. And the first time we locked eyes, the re- that's where my my soulmate appeared and the rest was history. What do you think about, about love at first sight and chemistry? Hmm. I've never experienced that before. I have with my ex, now ex-husband. Love it. So when you uh, knew when you first saw that person, you're like, oh. There was something that immediately attracted me to him from down the beach and same from him to me. I think I always thought that and you're probably going to think that this is quite woo, but I, w- I just thought we had some kind of past life stuff to work out together. We needed to meet and it wasn't an easy, the chemistry wasn't necessarily fully there because he was Israeli. So English was his second language. He spoke Hebrew first and foremost, and I'm a deep talker and, and a deep thinker. So sometimes our communication and chemistry would be off, but the immediate attraction, also the timing. I was in a relationship though that I was ready to depart from. And I think he gave me that catalyst moment Mm -hmm. that I needed. And I don't know, Amy, you've never had love at first sight? No, I have I have not had love at first sight. My current partner that I love and I feel I've never felt more aligned with anyone in my entire life. And there's like part of me that and I won't go too deep into that one other than it's it's beyond what I ever 
have experienced. And but their first two dates, you first, weren't even sure about him. Yeah, you were like, I, I don't know. And her first two dates, I was yeah. like, eh, I was dating, kind of in someone else. I was like, kind of into. And I was like, eh, I don't really feel it. And it took like you know the third date for me to really kind of be present and show up and pay attention. Be like, oh, th- this is an amazing person. I still didn't think, oh, this is my future love. But just, oh, there you are. But so it just, but I, I don't know, for me, it takes time. And yeah. my partner now, it took time too. Yeah. not to interject real quick. I just want to say to your, to what you're speaking to, I think, Demona, like I didn't think I'd ever see my partner again. We hooked up like a couple times on a, on a, on a holiday um, that we met at. And sounds and, like a rom-com. Yes. <laughs> and then I was, I was like, I'm off of this. You know, we're, we're going to move on with our lives. We live in the same town. And then even when we started dating, dating, I was like, nah, I'm kind of into it. But we had a lot of like really like crashing moments where I was like, this is not my person. And then I was like, do I need to have a person? April, I I asked myself this over and over. And then I was like, no. And he's cool. And now we're at the best place I have a best relationship I've ever been in deeper connection, best sex. And if I would have left it thinking that what I thought in the beginning, like, oh, he's not my person. I just need to move on. I don't feel those initial butterflies. Yeah. I would have never been where I am today with him. And he's like, the person I've always really wanted, like that I've seen myself to be with. So just just to that. So yes. I love stories like that. And you both hit on something really important. I'm like flipping ahead in the book to <laughs> I talk about the three date rule, as you were just saying, Amy. That we have that rule I, we, too. We totally right? both of us have we talked about us. that. Oh my yes. god. Totally. It's yes. it, it's factual. Yeah. And if you're I, I say if you're guided by curiosity as opposed to chemistry. That is sort of an endless well. And when you're guided by curiosity, you just get to the end of the first date and you say, do I want to spend another hour or two with this person? Do I get, and at the end of the second date, do I feel the same way? If by the end of the third date, you're like, eh, not not feeling any kind of physical attraction or chemistry, to use the word, it's not that chemistry doesn't exist. It's not that you can't feel a connection. It's just most people who read F the fairy tale and who listen to Dates and Mates are looking for some sort of a long-term relationship. And it's just those relationships take time to build. And the the chemistry is really something that develops through a deepening of the relationship, not something that's apparent on a first meeting. But it's it, it's really interesting, April, your story um, about meeting your ex-husband. You said that the communication was a little bit off. And so in F the Fairy Tale, I've taken the four biggest myths and I've identified sort of an antidote for them. And I've been talking about the four pillars of long-term compatibility forever on my podcast. And I realized that the pillars actually line up perfectly with the myths and the pillar that aligns with the chemistry myth, drum roll, please, April, is communication. (laughs) (laughs) Communication. Way. (laughs) Way. I mean, you can't write this. Oh, I did write this. Yeah. But but you're just demonstrating how like over the last 17 years, I've really seen these these patterns, these pillars and these myths develop and that we hold all the cards. We have all of the answers to be able to navigate to the love story that we want, whether or not it fits with a rom-com, a fairy tale or a prior story that we've heard. Well, this is kind of a we're jumping a little bit ahead in our questionnaire with you because there there's so many things that we want to talk to you about. And I think it is a good time, though, to talk about the so not only the way I think first, let's go because you already mentioned one, the communication piece, the four pillars of strong relationships that are in your book. So one key, obviously, antidote to this community to the um, 
chemistry or or I guess the yeah the the fourth um myth would be the communication. So what can you talk about the four pillars of strong relationships? Let me stop blah blah blah. <laughs> so the four pillars are as you said communication. I'm going all out of order, but mm-hmm. you can y'all can ra- read the book and put them back together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the 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 communication is the antidote to the chemistry myth. And then as we move into the fourth pillar is actually the well, the fourth myth is the soulmate myth, which we started oh, with. Yes. And the fourth pillar is trust. And that's that goes back to what we were saying a minute ago about that's the one that really does take time to develop. And so that's why I placed that pillar last. So now we'll go back to the beginning mm-hmm. with the list myth and the antidote for that, having shared relationship goals. And really clarifying for yourself early on. I hear this all the time from people that are like, well, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm interested in marriage or kids or non-monogamy or whatever it is up front. Because what if they don't lo- want that? What, what if, if they I scare them that? away? What if I scare them away? Mm-hmm. I imagine you and I are on the same page with this. I say uh, state your relationship business early and often. Yeah. And if they scare them away, it was not meant to be probably not a good fit. Which is like Dan Savage, what he talks about, like sec- successful relationships or even sexual sexual hookups. Start with being upfront about what you want to take on, that put on the table and take off the table. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want children or you really want children, why would you withhold something that important, mm-hmm. right? Just because you want to catch someone and reel them in. And then be confused later and lost in the relationship. Yeah. There's a very good answer to that question, actually. And that's <laughs> because we're all afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. We're all afraid of rejection. And uh, honestly, social media has not done us any favors in that regard because now we date the same way we use social media. We are chasing likes, but really we need to be chasing engagement, right? We need to be we're pursuing engagement. And instead, when we're chasing likes, we feel each of those disappointments so acutely. So a few minutes ago, I was saying that the speed of dating is another thing that has changed dramatically since I started doing this work. What people need to take into account, it's like, great, I have all these options. Great. I'm dating all these people. I'm in conversation with all these people. I have all these matches. I have all these chats. What is the emotional and energetic cost to you of being in all of those conversations, situationships, entanglements, relationships, whatever, define it for yourself. There isn't, there is an energetic cost to all of that. And so when people say to me, oh, the paradox of choice, no one will make a choice online. I'm like that again, that's bullshit. It's (laughs) obviously people are choosing to partner every day. However, the lack of clarity around the criteria is what gets people into overwhelm. And so now I'm in all of these situationships or conversations and I haven't done the I haven't done the work to figure out what are my relationship goals. I haven't built that pillar. And so now I'm just allowing anything in and I am in confusion. I am in overwhelm because I have no way to sort and screen through the options that I now have. 
Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending UberLube to their patients. It's body-friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing. There's a reason why we've been a fan of UberLube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful, educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. Yeah, and I want to make sure that we have covered. So we were talking about the, the, like the the myths and the pillars because sometimes we have a tendency to get really excited and move beyond something. Then we have listeners like, I wanted to hear the thing, and you didn't say all the things. Did we cover <laughs> all the so the four myths and the four pillars? Then are we? There's one more okay. pillar which we t- sort of touched on, but that okay. is the antidote to the rules myth is shared values. Mm. And that one is also a little bit tricky because we're all looking for shortcuts. Just going back to the rules myth. We we want to just shortcut it. Okay, just tell me how we voted and then I'll know everything about him. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell if me. Only worked that way. Yep. Yeah. What school did you go through? Then I just know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like we had- we have that. I mean, for us with uh, with our book in which name was sex, a lot of people would like, you know, the little blue pill that solves all the problems and that can work for erections, but not always and doesn't work for everything. And we don't have that for all of the sexual really relational uh, issues that come up. And so it's there's more time, work, energy, communication, all the pieces that are a part of it. It's not sorry when people ask us that question, like, sorry, we don't have the easy answer. Like, oh, just try this and you know, problem solved. That's why it's here's all the possibilities of all the different things that you can try. And you have to figure out what works uniquely for you because you are different from everyone else including us and um, i and- just blame i i kind of blame and i'm sorry to blame but i do blame okay yes the patriarchy yes and i'm not trying to piss off anyone however i think for many many 
centuries, if you will, uh, we were we were looking at what relationships kind of appeared to be. No one really talked about the relationships that they had. And then you, then even if you look at the 1950s and the g- generation that some of our parents grew up in, and it was a lot of before divorce was very common and it was still shameful to get divorced. And people people looked at those, well, my parents never had problems. I'm like, oh yes, they did. <laughs> Your parents, do you know how many times they banged it out? Do you know how many times they probably had fights behind closed doors? Or if they didn't, they might've been unhappy and doing other things. So I think if we can look outside of uh, the people that we've respected or admired over the course of, you know, lifetimes or whoever you look at relationship wise and like, well, they never had problems like Barack and Michelle, Michelle Obama. I'm sure they don't go to therapy. They look great. And you're like, mm, yeah, they, I'm sure they do. And they look great in, in the public eye. You know, Jay-Z and Beyonce, they had that, that motherfucking elevator fight that we all got to see and people were shocked and appalled. But this is reality. You are now. saying there might exposed. be another... There might be another story around there too. So, you know, we don't learn from our mistakes. We are doomed to repeat them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big proponent of therapy. I think uh, what I do is not therapy. A lot of people are confused. Like, what is a dating coach? I'm like, this is specifically what I do. Like, I help people identify what re- kind of relationship they want to be in and figure out exactly how to get what they want strategically. But there's like a whole other element of dealing with your childhood stuff, dealing with past relationships that a therapist is excellent for helping you navigate. And then you can come to me clean and clear, ready to be able to go forward with that dating strategy. Because all of that stuff that you're like, oh, that didn't that didn't even matter. That was so long ago. It doesn't, it's fine. It's gonna come up. Like mm-hmm. your the relationships. I I say in F the fairy tale that relationships are a mirror, and they will they will illuminate your biggest strengths and also show you your growth areas. That's what we used to call in like corporate mm-hmm. growth areas, <laughs> not, <laughs> not weakness, not weakness. Yeah. yeah. Areas, but it's true. They will show you w- where you need to do the work, and you. And I'm. I don't believe in just starting to date when you're a finished human because that will never happen. Like you can't. Even though a lot of the data that we're seeing, people are like, I want only want to date people in therapy. Like that's a prerequisite. I think that might even be like a matching question or a badge on OkCupid, but. I don't want people just waiting for their life to happen. Like, okay, if I just do this, if I go to therapy, if I just lose 10 pounds, if I just uh, have, we what, get whatever, get this job and get this part of my life together, then I will be attractive. Then I'll be ready to date. That doesn't work. You learn in motion. You learn relationally. So I think it can all be done simultaneously. And that actually kind of can accelerate the learning when you are actually seeing how what you're learning impacts other people and yourself in the real world. Yeah. Um, and I, I know we have, I have so five million questions, not enough time or a voice for that. But um, uh, so I, uh, I did have one question though, and we have to wrap up soon um, about like, what you're seeing. If there's any major differences from culture to culture or place to place. I know t- time to time like matters in terms of the myths, right? Like, are those four myths pretty universal at this current time period um, in, um, it, you know, culturally or across the globe? That's a really good question, Amy. Um, I would say they're pretty Western universal. Mm-hmm. There are 
dramatic differences, of course, in, in different countries. And, and I have clients across the globe. So there are dramatic differences, but I feel like the core elements are things that all of us can work on to be our best selves in relationships. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Uh, and we do have to wrap up, but I just something came up for me really quickly that I think is important because what you highlighted before Amy's question was something about the finished human, which I haven't heard that term and I, and I do uh, I do appreciate it. And it reminds me because uh, this past uh, week, Amy and I went to the Vibe Expo and we had this awesome fan slash human that had uh, rode up his motorcycle to, to um, get his book signed and talk to us uh, at the Vibe Expo. And he was saying to me, he's been single for, for quite a while and he feels like he's doing all of this work and he's afraid that he won't be able to meet anyone now because he's doing all this work on himself and getting all these skills and growing his uh, emotional ability to be in partnership. And he doesn't know if he'll be able to find anyone that will be at his level. And my response was, and I wanted to hear if you have any feedback about that. I was like, hey, we're always going to be students and we're always going to be teachers. And uh, you may be able to teach a future partner some of these skills and they could either meet you or maybe they'll want to grow their own learning experience um, and you'll learn from them in different ways and become the student. And I think that the first believing that there, there are people out there that you will meet that are in alignment with you is really important. And that's what I told him. And I want to hear from you as this dating expert that I respect deeply and dearly, because I'm sure he'll probably listen to this episode when it airs. Um, if you have anything to say about that, can you be the the finished human that's still that's I don't think we're ever finished humans unless we're in the grave. Uh, however, however, what do you think about this? Done and dusted. <laughs> I think April. I think your advice was perfect and mm -hmm. genius. And I I couldn't have said it better. I the only thing I would add is that it's funny because I hear on dates and dates I hear the exact same things from so many women because in truth during the pandemic women put a lot more time into sort of self-care, self-actualization, self-study than men did. Not all the guys listening. I know. Your 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 motorcycle fan yeah. um is is not in the norm, but I'm grateful for him. So first of all, I got a lot of dates and mates listeners that are like gonna be lined up for you, honey. Yeah, where's that guy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you. But I'll also say there is this belief that we are kind of looking for our match, like someone that is the same. And that, to me, is kind of boring. <laughs> if you can open up to thinking like, I am evolving into the best version of myself, and there's another person that is on a different trajectory of their evolution, and as you were saying, like the keeping the mindset positive, like this person is out there and I'm going to find them. And repeating that will bring them to you closer. But you will notice in the meantime, there's a lot of the, the what do we call them? There, there, you'll find a lot of the people that you gave your time to before will not clear the bar anymore. Mm -hmm. So you may, this happens a lot when I, when I put people in my dating programs that they find sometimes they have fewer dates. There are fewer people that clear the bar. There are fewer people that they want to give their time to. But it's because they've taken the time to get clarity and they're not going to accept like it's you don't need your time wasted. You don't need to just have 
have a warm body just to have a warm body. I mean, if that, unless that's what you want, and then that's fine. But that, <laughs> but do it mindfully. That's all I'm saying. Whatever you choose, just do it mindfully. And don't get psyched out if you're like, oh, well, this person was really hot, but then I I couldn't really connect with them because that's going to happen. And then it will be even clearer. It'll be so clear to tell when you make the connection with somebody that is at that energetic level with you. Uh-huh. I'm just obsessed with your advice mm-hmm. and talking with you. It's really, it's just powerful words simplified as well. And I'm so excited about your book because now you can tangibly take it home and read it and learn about those deep myths, learn about the pillars that can be the antidotes to help you find that partner that you've always wanted. So where can your book is out, which we're so excited about. Where can people find your book? Where can they work with you? You tell, I know your podcast is everywhere. It's it's huge. If they want to work with you, can they? I don't even know, but all the things, please. Yes. So, so the book is everywhere. Books are sold. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local bookstore, F the Fairy Tale, or go to fthefairytalebook.com and that will link you to where you need to go. I'm on Instagram a lot <laughs> at uh-huh. Simona Hoffman. Um, I do take questions there for the podcast for Dates and Mates. We have new Dates and Mates has new episodes every Tuesday for 11 years. Wow. So we got a little bit of content there for you. <laughs> Um, and yeah, if you go to datesandmates.com, you can also find out I have a bunch of a bunch of online programs. I have coaching offerings, and I'm here to support your listeners. So thank you so much for having me back. It's great to be with you both. Oh, you'll hopefully be back again because you are just oh, we love we love having you on the show. Uh, check out Demona's work, everyone. She is just incredible, and we can't give her enough accolades from this side. Uh, and buy the book. Uh, If you know friends that are dating, buy them that book because uh, it's not insulting to be like, I want to look out for you. And you know, you remember that just says with that book, maybe he's just not into you or something. Yeah, he's just not that, that into you. That could be an insulting gift. So let's go with F the fairy tale. <laughs> F the fairy tale. Sounds... Everyone can relate to F the fairy tale. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, check that out and. Oh, wow. This has been such a great episode. And I I just love uh, Shameless Sex. I love all the listeners out there. Uh, I love our guests. Um, I'm really... I'm I'm flying. I've have, I have butterflies in my stomach about all of you. That's not a myth right now, okay? I do. Uh, if you haven't rated us, please just give us five stars on any of the platforms you listen to that allow it. Uh, if it's iTunes or Spotify, it just helps more people find folks like Demona Hoffman and all the amazing guests that we have on our show. It helps them improve their life. It helps them improve their dating life. It helps them find partnership. It helps them have better sex. So we appreciate that. If you don't have to write a novel, you can just go ahead and, and write a couple of emojis, whether it's an eggplant or aubergine in some countries or a juicy peach. Uh, we appreciate it. And again, we love you all. And we'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.